1: Was it just a big screw-up, or was there more to it than that? I'm speaking about the jarring alert that woke so many of us yesterday morning before 7.30 a.m. The false alarm said there had been a, quote, incident at the Pickering nuclear power plant that had only affected people within a 10-kilometer radius, and there was nothing they should be doing anyway. It wasn't just hitting the send button that was the problem. The content of that alert was wrong on every level. We will be talking to the Minister Sylvia Jones later in the program. Right now, I am joined by Ted Grutzner, who is the Vice President of Global Public affairs at um, the Energy and Resources team. Excuse me, at Global Public Affairs. And in his previous job, he was in charge of corporate relations and communications at Ontario Power Generation. Ted, welcome. Thanks for being with us.
2: And I was—I caught the, the previous piece. I'm up in the Pendre the of Ottawa today, so. It it, it may dissuade Megan and Harry from coming if they spent a few days up here today. Uh,
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll see about that. Um, So, Ted, um, this raises a whole pile of questions. So, uh, as a broadcaster, we've been involved with, with tests of the emergency system. And the one thing for the ones that we were involved with, the text on them clearly said this is a test. And that one didn't say that.
2: No, there's a, there's a number of things. And I, I like everybody else, was uh, I, w- I was awake, um, but I, I saw the notice go off. And I thought at first it might be an Amber Alert. And I was, I was kind of surprised it was a nuclear event. Um, but I was able to, just because I kind of know the, where to look, um, determine it wasn't likely or a real thing. Um, but not everybody has that, uh, that experience. So it obviously caused some panic. So, a couple of things, and uh, you know and obviously I don't want to preempt with the ministers; she's got more close to what's been happening than I am, but um, my understanding is it was an internal communication test uh wasn't meant to go public. That being said, like you said, normally in you know the any communications crisis plan, you're going to test and retest and rehearse and do uh, mock emergencies. You do put, this is a test, it's an exercise, a drill, whatever wording you want to choose, because you kind of assume that it could get out by accident, and you want to prevent just what happened yesterday. Um, the other thing I think also that they're going to want to look at from a communications professional perspective is, yeah, it was a test, but is is was that wording they would actually use because it seemed to raise more questions than it actually answered in a prime rule of communications theory in crisis communications is you want to make sure people are, A, feeling comfortable um, and B, know what they're supposed to do, if anything. Um, so those are a couple of key points that they're going to want to look at. You know, First, why does it happen? But also just what is exactly what we're trying to say here and trying to do?
1: I mean, to me, uh, it, it was just beyond the pale there. You're saying there's been an incident without saying what it was at a nuclear power plant. But don't worry about it. Yeah, again, I think that whoever whoever
2: put it in, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I've been involved with a lot of these things. That somebody probably used a stock thing that was lying around and thought, well, it's just not going anywhere. So I don't what it says doesn't matter because it's a test of you know the the technical system, and it was intended to be a closed loop. um, You know, on a broader, more embarrassing uh, scale, um, not unlike sending sort of I'm sending it to every employee in my company when I meant to send it to one kind of thing. I push the send all button. Um, so I think they're going to want to look at that process, look at what the checks and balances are in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, they allowed that it was human error, but sometimes human error is a matter of training. Sometimes it's a matter of just how the process works. Um, so want to counterbalance that. But, you know, to be fair, also that it does show that there is a system in place. And I think that probably woke up people to the fact that there is an alerting system. And uh, that it probably needs some tweaks, but uh you know, that there's there is a, a system that will deal with these things and having dealt with a lot of the nuclear process in the place in the past, there is a very well defined nuclear emergency plan uh should an the unlikely event of an event at Pickering,
1: Darlington or Bruce happen. Okay, so uh is it you know, there was this similar incident in Hawaii a while back and The result of that were a number of people lost their jobs. So first of all, is it possible that it was just one person sending, you know, hitting the wrong button? Or would this have been a failure of more than one person?
2: Well, I think, I mean, again, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because... You know, we, when I was with OPG, and any any emergency communications plan will test these things. You, you know, in the old days when we carried pagers, we would get alerts that would have clearly this is a drill. And it's really just testing, does the system work? And in their case, there may have been a number of people and, uh, you know, to, okay, I w- I'll respond to this, make sure I got it. And the person, the technician would say, okay, fine. The phone system works. I can go back to bed. Um, in this case, <clears throat> whether it was a misdialing of a number, miscoding coding, or something, uh, pushing the wrong button, obviously it went to where it was supposed to. So, you know, that, that the mechanics are one thing. I think that one thing, and I'm sure the, the minister will address this, is restoring the faith in the system because these days, where there's a lot of fake news going out, and you know, you see Facebook and Twitter, and you don't know what to believe. Um, having a, an emergency system in place um, is, is a, that you can trust uh, is important. Um, having an emergency system that that tells you what you're supposed to do is important. And you know, I have faith in the the folks in both at the ministry because I've worked with some of them and I've worked with a lot of the OPG folks. Um, we'll look at this and say, okay, what did we? What went wrong? What can we do to make it better? But also, you know, and technology is changing. Um, I know from my own experience uh, with our clients. The most challenging thing is what platforms do you use these days? You know, um, in, in terms of getting messages out, getting messages to media, it's it's, it's something you have to constantly be on top of because uh, uh, tastes change. You know, um, Facebook one day, Twitter one day, now it's TikTok. So there's really, there's so many things that are are taking place. Uh, it's a real challenge for emergency communications professionals.
1: Okay, well, uh, still didn't quite get an answer on, on whether it, this would be a mess-up on the part of one person or a number. Well, uh, well let it
2: could, me- I mean, it, yeah, it could be uh, all of the above. Like, it could be simply somebody, uh, you know, early in the morning pushing the wrong button. I mean, it's unfortunate those things do happen. Um, you no, know, I, I obviously, I think they're going to look at, okay, what, what fail safes do we have to make sure this doesn't happen again? Um, But it's the nature of broadcast uh, communications these days. In the old days, these things were done by landlines on robocalls and faxes to newsrooms Um, sometimes. So uh, it could be all of the above. So I think that's where they're going to want to investigate. And I'm pretty sure that the federal regulator will want to, uh, who ultimately have a responsibility for nuclear safety, will will bring this up in a public forum to say, "Okay, okay, explain to us what happened. What are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again?
1: Okay, I'd like to bring in Peter Tabbins. He is the NDP energy critic. Hi, Peter. Hey, Libby, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? I'm doing all right. So are you inclined to think this was just a basically a, a, a screw-up?
3: Well, I don't know what happened, Libby, which is why we've been calling for an investigation. It's important enough, its consequences are serious enough, that it needs to be looked at by an independent body. Um, so that we know exactly what happened. And so that we can make sure that in the future if we have a mistake like this, that people don't have to wait two hours to hear that there's an all clear. I mean, there was the initial problem, they sent out uh, an incorrect message, but not having a system in place to correct it very rapidly is extremely worrying to me.
1: It was, yeah, it was about an hour and, and a half. Uh, I, we're also on the line with Ted Grutzner. And would that just oh, hi, be. Hi, Ted.
2: How are you? I'm great, Peter. Nice to hear from you. I haven't seen you for a while. Um,
1: so, uh, would that just be a function of the fact that it was early Sunday morning? Uh, Ted, so first of all, I'm assuming that OPG was, would have been aware that this thing was happening, right?
2: Uh, not, not necessarily. If it's just a, if it's a test of a provincial system, it's, they wouldn't necessarily tell the partners. Or and keep in mind, this system can also be used for other things. I mean, you know, we you know
1: amber alerts, yeah. Well, and also, I mean,
2: it can be used for tornado alerts if they want to, and they could use it for other things. So. Um, in this case, they wouldn't necessarily, and I don't know that they did or didn't. Um, I think though, but knowing enough about the system, and I get Peter's point, and rapid uh, alterations are important in, in these days, but um, you know, to be fair, I think that you would look at, okay, this has gone out, and people would want to make sure, first of all, a hey, is it not true? Mm-hmm. Um, which would take some validations, and we going back to the station, making sure it something didn't happen that we actually weren't aware of at a communications level and need to verify with the operational staff and then they'd have to work to get the response out so you know opg i think had a tweet out in in 45 minutes or so um but again i think that the the point i made this on twitter was that one of the things you had to go back they were slow i think was to in my mind was getting back to the original platform uh and that was the hour and a half so um you know something again they're they're going to want to correct on, on that basis so
1: uh, yeah, Peter. I mean, uh, you know, I think Sunday morning and, and uh, Ted is saying that it, it's not necessar- necessarily the fact that that the alert people would have told OPG that they were doing this test. Yeah,
3: and, and that raises all kinds of questions for me as well, Libby. I, when you send out an alert to what may have been millions of people, um, you're dealing with pretty substantial power Uh to have not informed OPG that you were sending that out is quite shocking to me,
2: if that is the case. Well, cause it wasn't supposed to go public. Well, no, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I'm not defending anything that happened because I wasn't involved. I'm just saying that if, you're just, if you are thinking I'm just doing a closed system and no one's going to see it, I'm just testing a technical thing, um, you wouldn't necessarily have to tell others.
1: Yeah, and they should have really, it should have had text saying this is a test.
2: Yeah. I I
3: understand what both of you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the reality to me is that we know all systems can fail, that people will make mistakes, and you have to have systems built in to check those things and to respond quickly. And apparently that's not there. Uh, Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I I think we need someone to look into it. Um, There may have been human error, apparently. Um, but what were the system errors such that something like this could go uncorrected for as long as it went? Uh, Those things, I think, are necessary because I think you were saying it earlier, Ted, um, we have to have a system that people have confidence in. Uh, Flash floods, tornadoes, fires, uh, uh, nuclear incidents at this plant or any other plant – People need to know when they get the message that this is serious, they have to pay attention to it, they have to act. And when you undermine the credibility of the system, you're setting things up for people to be in danger further down the road. So so it, it needs to be investigated now, it needs to be cleaned up now, so that we don't have a continued erosion of confidence in the emergency alert system.
1: Peter, uh, you say you don't trust the government to handle this. We are going to be speaking to the minister shortly, but you know she seems as annoyed as everybody, and it sounds like this would have been the bailiwick of the civil service, not political staff.
3: What I'm saying, though, Libby, is that you need someone independent um, to look at this. When we've had troubles in the past, for instance, around the gas plant scandal, and we needed a prosecutor to look at the situation, we didn't use a provincial prosecutor we asked to have a federal one come in. Or we could talk to another province and say, you have people who do emergency services, come and look at this. We want someone who is not gonna worry whether their job is in jeopardy, someone who understands how these systems work and cannot just look at, and let's say there was an immediate human error, I don't know, but let's assume that it was, but someone who can also look at the overall systems to make sure that the systems that are in place are ones that are appropriate and reliable. I don't want just an employee of the, the minister uh, looking at their department saying, well, yeah, so-and-so down here messed up. No, perhaps the, the head of the department is, in, is Im- implicated in all this for not having the systems in place to deal with inevitable human mistakes.
1: Okay, uh, let's hear from Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim.
4: Good morning, Libby. You know, uh, sorry afternoon. My, My confidence is getting eroded more and more by every time they speak, right? We don't want someone from this department. We don't want someone from the government. You know, Libby, I live in Pickering, never got the alert, but I don't feel too bad because the mayor never got the alert, right? So, he never got the alert and the reason I didn't get it is because I don't have a smartphone, I guess. But at at any rate, I a lot of my neighbors work there in in many capacities, right? And but we also know that there's some very very highly paid people at work at that. And and you know something, where are they now? Where who's to be accountable? You know something? And there is no one. And I'll tell you something. I do have the pills, and I'm 73, and I ain't running. If it's going to go, it's going to go. I I live about, oh, maybe six kilometers, and, and I run in view of it many days, most days, on the waterfront. So, Libby, where are the people who should be, uh, you know, stepping up and taking responsibility?
1: Wow. Okay, Jim. Thanks very much for your call. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so is it the case that uh, if you didn't have a smartphone that you wouldn't have got the alert, Ted, just before we take the minister's call very quickly, please?
2: Well, no, I mean, I think that's one of the things that you also want to look like if that's the case, because there are systems in place for landline calls. Um, which makes me need to more and think that there's a test of whether the smartphone system works. Ah. Uh, there is a place for local notification, and there are you know, there are in the worst case scenario sirens set up around the, the perimeters of the plants that the people get educated about how to work uh how that what the sirens mean uh what the actions they're supposed to take so um again, I mean these are wor- i mean Peter's got to point whether it's an independent i mean i' not for me and I won't get into the politics of that but it is important that any time you have something that's very uh, like this, that uh, all sides look at it very clearly. And, and I know that the federal regulator uh, will be wanting to look at it as well, because that's the way they work. What um, what went what, what went wrong, because as Peter and I are both on the same page on this, is that you need to have faith that whatever i'm seeing is is real whatever is saying i'm seeing is giving me information i need and that i can take the proper actions and if you don't have that faith in the system then then you have to kind of so one of the challenges for the minister and the people involved is to once they figure out what's what went wrong is to working towards restoring that faith And this is something that we you know uh, we uh, in our crisis communication okay. planning it's important to that you just have to believe the system works.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you so much to Ted Grutzner in Ottawa and Peter Tavins here in Toronto. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, Libby. Oh, oh,
1: my pleasure. Okay. And now I'm going to bring in Ontario Solicitor General Sylvia Jones. Minister, thanks so much for being with us. I'm sure you've been hearing an awful lot about this. Uh, First of all, uh, having uh, been thinking about this for a day, where are you at on this? What's your reaction? And what do you think has to be done?
5: Well, a number
1: of things, frankly. Um,
5: first and foremost, uh, as I issued yesterday, an apology um, to the people of Ontario who were unduly uh, uh, made nervous and had questions as of uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I've said before, it's not how um, people of Ontario should start their Sunday, and uh, up for that, I apologize. Um, that is why I have tasked and uh, directed that um, Doug Brown, the Chief of Emergency Management Ontario, uh, has launched a full investigation on exactly what happened Sunday morning. Uh, clearly, a test that happens twice a day uh, went out to the public, which was completely inappropriate, uh, made people unduly nervous, and uh, we need to drill down to specifically find out how and why it happened.
1: Uh, One of the things that really struck me, as I've said, as broadcasters, we've been involved with tests, and every test that I've been involved with, the text says, this is a test. That one didn't have it. No, and these, as I said, these are
5: tests that uh, we basically test the system twice a day to make sure that that emergency alert process and system is there when we need it. Um, Clearly, that may be one of the uh, recommendations moving forward. But ultimately, uh, what I want is to have a system that doesn't go out to the public unless absolutely necessary and when necessary.
1: Uh, Peter Tabbins was saying he thought it should be somebody independent. Uh, Clearly, uh, that's not the direction you're going in.
5: Well, what I want is someone who actually understands the current system, who has an appreciation of how the system uh, is supposed to work, to be able to review and assess it. Um, if additional uh, oversight or um, questions are raised, then that's something that we can look at down the road. But at this point, what I want to know is why, when we do this test every day,
1: uh, twice a day, did yesterday it go wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also, why did it take so long to get the message out that it was a mistake? Fair
5: question. Uh, there was uh, some uh, time delay because they were confirming that there was absolutely no incident at the Pickering site, uh, but that is not an excuse for the delay in um, in sending out the, the follow-up alert that said we made an error.
1: Is it your sense that, per, that this is a case of one person or several people just making a mistake, or d- does the system need a kind of a revamp?
5: Well, I'm not going to presuppose the conclusions and uh, recommendations that come out of the report. Uh, that wouldn't be fair to the investigation. Uh, but what I can assure you is uh, something clearly went wrong, and I want to know uh, what went wrong, and how we can ensure that it
1: does not happen again. Because people need to have faith in these emergency alerts. Uh-huh. And uh, again, um, do you have a sense, human error or something bigger? Uh, initial investigations would suggest human error, but uh, I
5: will not jump to conclusions. I want to see that report, and I want to see uh, the... the. Uh, process that led to uh, a test that, as I said, is a very routine uh, operational procedure uh, going out on the wrong pathway. Anything
1: else you'd like to leave us with? I think it's important
5: for uh, people to um, understand that on behalf of the province of Ontario and the Provincial Emergency Operations Centre, I apologize for the inconvenience. Uh, It should not have happened and I'm uh, working hard with my ministry and the, uh, the Provincial Emergency Operations Center to make sure it never happens again.
1: Okay. Sylvia Jones, Ontario Solicitor General, thank you so much for being with us. Stay well, Libby. Okay, bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.